So good to be with you this morning. Thanks for joining us for worship. We've had a great stellar week at Vacation Bible School with about 140, 150 kids and 75 teenage and adult workers. We asked you last week if you would pray throughout the week each and every day for what was happening at VBS for the children and for the workers. We're asking today that we celebrate the good work that's been done throughout the week. If you if you were participating in some way uh, as a worker, a volunteer during VBS this week or in preparation for VBS or anything like that, would you please just stand? Just let them know how much you appreciate them. Thank you. So grateful to you all and to our children's ministry and to Angie Fuller, our children's pastor and all the great leaders who put in so much work, not just for this week, but in the weeks leading up to this week to create and craft and facilitate a stellar, cosmic, intergalactic level of vacation Bible school so that we could experience God's out-of-this-world love throughout the week. And you saw a little bit of that just now. You heard in the prayer and you heard them um, responding uh, to these different prompts. When good things happen, we shine Jesus' light. When people don't get along, we shine Jesus' light. When life feels dark, we shine Jesus' light. When people are sad, we shine Jesus' light. Cosmic Kathy said at some point during the week that our little moon rover was broken and what do we need to do? And someone said, shine Jesus' light. <laughs> so they were getting the, getting the point. We also needed probably a wrench or a screwdriver or something like that. Um, but we know that it was getting inside, it was integrating, and that was the idea of coming together and learning these, these things. As I thought about the, the cosmic nature of VBS, as I thought about um, the theme of light that ran all the way through, I kept thinking about the solar eclipse we had several years ago. I think it was in 2017. You all remember that? I remember it each and every year because at some point uh, in my Facebook memories, Connie, there is a picture of you and Jackson that comes up and you're wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and you guys have crazy glasses up and for some reason in that moment I was not looking at the solar eclipse, I was looking at you all and I snapped that picture and uh, you may remember where you were during that time. It, it's really, although somebody told me another one's coming to America, a total solar eclipse is really unique. It doesn't happen very often. Eclipse of some kind happens two to five times a year, solar eclipse, a partial one, but that total solar eclipse, it, it happens very rarely, so, so rarely that some people, and it's so magical for them, that some people what they do is they schedule their years around going to different places in the world where there's going to be a total eclipse. So they'll book hotels, they'll, they'll book their flights, and they'll book all these kinds of things, and they'll go to these, these spaces just so they can be there for the two to three minutes of the blackout. They are chasers of darkness. Maybe some of you are like that here or will be like that or have been like that since then. I wondered though, if it were to happen again here, what would it be like, think about this, if in that moment when the moon passed between the earth and the sun and it blacked out, if the darkness lasted not for three minutes but for an entire millennia? What if utter darkness became our new normal? What if it was dark all the time? What would you do? What would you do as photosynthesis came to a stop? 
What would you do as plants all around us began to die and even in other places so that uh, animals would start wandering into towns like they do in some places like Alaska, but looking and foraging for food? What would you do if the abnormality of the eclipse became our new normal? I'd be willing to bet that if you knew there was a place in the world where three minutes of light were going to happen and you could get there, you would go. I mean, we would, we, would, we would want to be in a place where there was light all the time, but if you didn't move and you were here and there was a place in the world nearby where three minutes of light was going to happen, you would become not a darkness chaser, but a light chaser, right? Because we know what the plants know, that there is a kind of life that can be experienced in the light that cannot be experienced in the darkness. We would become light chasers. And in some ways, that is what spiritually, metaphorically, and even literally, what Scripture invites all of us to do, to become chasers of light. In fact, the very opening words of Scripture, the very opening words of creation, begin with God saying, let there be light. And then later in Scripture, God's people say things to God like, you are my light, and you, God, are my salvation. And your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God brings light into our life through God's presence and God's people and God's words and God's word. And John pulls all of this together in the realization that Jesus is the purest form of God's light for us in the opening chapter of his gospel when he says, In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that as has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all people. We were made like plants to long for light. For God's light, for the Christ light, our lives were made to bend toward that light. This is the light that gives us what scripture calls the life that is truly life. Life in the light of Christ is supposed to be our normal. But many of us have lived in the abnormal for so long that the abnormal has become our normal. We were made to live in and live from Christ's light. And if we want to experience the life that is truly life, this is the light we ought to be chasing with our lives. And as followers of Christ, this is the light we ought to be emitting each and every day of our lives to others. And I believe this is the ultimate truth of the parable we just heard a moment ago. Hear these words again. Did any of you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, some have called this a parable, but others have said it's not a parable. It's actually a commentary on the parables, and that's why it follows the parable of all parables, the sower. It's a parable or a passage that's meant to explain the parables right here at the beginning of the teaching ministry of Jesus and what they're meant for. In fact, in this light, if we think about it this way, the light in the parable is not God and it is not people, but it is the parables of Jesus themselves. 
Because the parables are supposed to function in a way that they bring illumination so that we can see God as God is meant to be seen, so that we can see others as we're meant to see others, and so that we can see Scripture as God intends for it to be seen. And that was important then as it is now, because back then in Jesus' day, if you can imagine this, there were a lot of bad ideas about Scripture and God that people backed up biblically. Can you imagine something like that? These parables were intended to bring light, to help us see Scripture, to help us see the God who is love, and ultimately to help us see God's world and ourselves and others as Christ sees us as clearly and as quickly as we're willing to see it, which is usually slowly. That's how light gets in. If I'm going to wake my kids up in the morning, it's actually dark today, but most of these days it's been light early in the, in the summer and light late at night, so that's changing everything for us and I'm tired more often. But if it were winter time and it was dark when we went to bed and dark when we woke up and I go into Jackson or Luke or, or Nora's room and I flip on the light, most often their immediate reaction is, turn it off. It's too bright. Daddy, the light's too bright. And, and, and that may be because, that may be because they want to stay in bed. But it's probably also because they can't handle that much light all at once. They have to process it. They have to, uh, their pupils have to adjust to it. They have to widen to take all of that light at once in slowly. And this is what happens with truth too. This is what happens in our lives with the light of truth as well. Sometimes we're not ready to see truth. Sometimes we're not ready to see it all at once, so Jesus brings it to us slowly, dimly, so that we don't reject it all at once. One of my favorite professors in college, my uh, Old Testament professor, used to say, we should live in the light we have, always being open to more light. So we should live in the light we have, the light we've received, the light of truth that has made its way and integrated its way into us. We should live faithfully in response to that light and we should always be open to more light because there is always more light. There's always more light. So how do we stay open to it? Well, one of the ways is that we stay curious and we stay humble. We stay curious in our learning, all of our learning. We stay curious in our study, our study of Scripture especially. And we stay curious as we pray. We learn from others who have studied Scripture deeply. And we pray for God to give us ever-expanding under, ever understanding and wisdom. We choose through our intentionality and through our openness to chase God's light. Through study and through prayer and... Through listening. Through listening. Do we really listen anymore? Jesus often ends his parables like he ended this one. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. And what we see here is strangely the kind of light God wants to bring in our lives usually doesn't come to us through our eyes, but what comes to us through our ears. We have to see it. We have to hear it to see it. In these days, I think one of the most important things we could actually learn as a people is how to listen to others. We've got to learn to listen to others, every other, but especially those 
who are not as privileged as we are. That's important for us to practice because it's, it's often hard for us to listen to anyone, but we have an easier time listening to people who are as successful or more than we are, who have as much money or more than we do, who have as much education or more than we do, but it's more difficult to listen to people who may struggle or seem to have less in those ways. And yet those are the very people God tells us we'll see the light through. We've got to learn to listen. We've got to learn to listen. And this is a good idea, by the way, in every area of your life. For instance, if you're married and your spouse tells you she's upset about something, it's not a good idea to say, get over it. That's in the past now. Why don't we just move on, right? Because if you do that, by the way, this is a surefire way to ensure that they will never move on, right? That's what's going to happen. Instead, you say, help me understand where you're coming from. Help me understand uh, how I'm contributing to your, your pain. Think, think, help me understand how I can help this situation or do better in this situation. And what if we did this in life with all the people God brings into our lives? Especially those who think differently about things we care about deeply. What if we were... What if, what if you were willing to let go of your need to defend yourself and your own perspective? What if you were willing, what if we were willing to begin to calm down in our lives and ask curious, inquisitive, honest questions of others, really with the intent to learn from them and to understand their perspective? What if we listen to other people without First wanting to fix, but instead wanting to feel. To gain empathy. What, what if empathy was our goal in listening to others who are struggling? People who are oppressed or marginalized, immigrants, refugees, or just folks who are struggling in various ways in our own lives and families. What if we were willing to listen, to let light in? Learning and enlightenment come through listening. Listening helps, and listening helps us learn to be helpful. Listening will open up the curtains of your life so that more light can get in. So we become open to light, to God's light, through study and through prayer and through listening. And ironically, we become open to light through darkness. Right? If we're listening, we can learn from others as they share about their darkness and the struggles they're going through. And if we're open to it, we can learn some of life's greatest and most transformative lessons in the midst of darkness. Think about it. How much wisdom have you ever gained from happy times in your life? How, maybe some. But compare that to what you've learned to the difficult and dark times. It's incomparable. Our greatest moments of illumination often come in darkness. It's not appealing. We don't want to chase that. But dark days are often the days that let more of God's light in. We live in the light we have, constantly open to more light. And then once we receive the light, what do we do? Well, we're supposed to bear it. We're supposed to bear it and share it. We're supposed to carry it with us and we're supposed to proclaim it to others. This is what Jesus is getting at when he tells the people not to put the light under a bowl or a bed, but on a stand. 
Jesus has been teaching these parables in public, but privately he's been helping his disciples understand the deeper meaning. Why? So they can learn. And so they can become bearers and sharers of the light too. So that as they go out into the world, God can actually use them to make the world a better and a brighter place. And that's what God wants for us too. That's what God wants for you all too. What if instead of coming here every week to a place of worship like this, just hoping only for a bit of light for our week, we all decided to come into this space together to get a little more charged up so that we could help others as we go into the week, help them have a brighter week as well. This is actually the key to receiving more light in your own life. Hear what Jesus said again. Consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Now, we usually hear this text as being about generosity, and it is. But in context, it's not really about financial generosity. It's about the generosity of illumination, the illumination that God gives us through God's presence and God's word and through others and through the experiences we have in the world and through the illuminating power of God's spirit. God measures these out to us. And it seems, in context, that if you're willing to receive and share the light that God has given to you, God intends to reward you with even more light. But it also seems that if we're not willing to share, if we're not willing to be the light, if we're not willing to shine the light that God has given us into the darkness of the world, then even the light we, will have, we have been given will be taken away from us. And so... I urge you this morning as we go from this place to live in the light that you have. To always be open to more light and as you go from this place today, fully ready to chase light even in the midst of darkness. I pray that God will somehow even use those dark experiences as times of renewal. That each of us and all of us will emerge from those times as chasers, bearers, and sharers of God's love and life and light. Will you pray with me? God, that is our prayer. That you would fill us, that you would flood our life, our souls with your light. But you would help us not just to be receivers, but conduits of your life your light, and your love. That people would see the light of Jesus shining through us, illuminating the darkness of their own lives, and drawing them closer to you. For it's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen.